All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Welcome back, Hannah. Hi, how are you? I am great. Yeah? Yeah. What's new in your life? It's snowing. <sighs> That's not new. I don't like snow. That's not new. I'd like to be somewhere warm and tropical. Not new. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Welcome to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. I'm Mary Sports. Smartass. And, and I'm Hannah Green. The Whoa. beautiful one. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yep, that's me. Beauty abound. Thank you, Rob. Till I get something better, that's what I'm using. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to stop telling you shit. You won't. <laughs> it's alright. I know. Alright, random fact. Ready random? for random fact? Oh yeah, random right. fact. Bring it, bring it, girl. Mexican. We're going to Mexico. Mexico. Mexican prison, in fact. We're going to the Mexican prison. Oh, let's not. I've not heard good things about that. Well here's ten the out thing. of ten ten out of ten, don't recommend. <laughs> here's a good one. Okay. Mexican prisons do not punish you for nonviolent attempts to escape. Oh. This is because it is part of human nature to want freedom and therefore it is not seen as a crime. However, factors such as property damage and violence will cause prison guards to practice the necessary punishments. Now, how do you break out without causing property damage unless you're hiding in the clothes, dirty clothes or something, honestly? I'm not sure. This is a random fact. Okay. I have really good random facts. Mm, okay. Okay? Well, let me tell you something. Okay. Fruit Loops. Let's talk about Fruit Loops. Okay. Have you ever eaten Fruit Loops? Yes. Do you like Fruit Loops? I do. What's your favorite color? Strawberry. Really? Yes. Well, I have to tell you something. They're all strawberry. No. They're all one flavor. They all taste the same? They're supposed to taste like a blend of orange, lemon, lime, <clears throat> apple, cherry, raspberry, and blueberry. That's why they're Fruit Loops. I like them. A, no strawberry. Whatever. I don't know. I was guessing that part. And B. I know yeah. they all tasted the same, though. They do. They're just all different colors. They're, they're pretty. They're pretty. I like my food colorful. They taste like sugar and food coloring and early onset diabetes. Wow. Oh, yeah. Fruit Loops, all the same flavor. Unless unless you buy the wild berry Fruit Loops, because apparently they taste. There's a wild berry Fruit Loop? Apparently. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Did not know. I did not know that. Wow. The things I learn on this podcast are just amazing. Yeah, well, just wait till next week because I've got some more. Okay. All right. Do you have a, a, a tidbit for us? I sure do. Okay. All right. Workers removing the base of a toppled statue in front of the Manitoba legislature. Okay. Discovered a 100-year-old message in a bottle. Oh. Uh, the assembly officials said the workers had been removing the base of a Queen Victoria statue that was toppled by protests in 2021. And they found a broken bottle concealed in the base that can no. Oh. Dated July 30th, 19th. 21. Okay. It says, quote, On account of the prohibition, we are unable to adhere to the custom of depositing a bottle of brandy under the stone, for which we are extremely sorry. And the note is signed by a stonecutter and some other workers and the then Deputy Minister of Public Works. Oh. Which is kind of fun. Okay. Apparently it was just um, their custom to put a bottle of brandy under there. I wonder why. 
I wonder what, what, like, I don't know. That would be a good thing to, um, to, to delve into some days. Like, weird customs. Why did weird things start? But, yeah. Okay. An animal shelter in New York. Yes. Seeking a home for a dog they have described as a terror, a fire-breathing demon, and a whole jerk. I don't think they're going to find a home anytime soon. The they're night- supposed to, they're supposed to, like, really, like, tell you about his good points, not emphasize the shit you're going to walk into. Well, the Niagara SPCA says that 26-pound Ralphie has been adopted not once, but twice, and has been returned both times due to his bad behavior. Now, at first glance, he's an adorable, highly sought-after young dog. People should be banging down our doors for us, for him. We promise you that will not be the case. Ralphie is a terror in a somewhat small package. This is what they've said in their Facebook post. The shelter said Ralphie's most recent owners took him home with the intention of training him. Two weeks into his new home and he was surrendered back to us because he annoys our older dog. What they actually meant was Ralphie is a fire-breathing demon and will eat our dog. (laughs) He's a whole jerk, not even half a jerk. Everything belongs to him. If you dare to test his ability to to possess the thing, wrath will ensue. And if you show a moment of weakness, prepare to get exploited. The SPCA has said that prospective owners who think they can handle training Ralphie should get in touch, if you're that crazy. Ralphie sounds like a walking shit show that could be a whole lot of fun. (laughs) I think that Ralphie and Lexi could have been friends. Oh, dear God. Maybe Ralphie is Lexi reincarnated. There is always that possibility. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else for us, my love? I I do not believe that I do. Okay. All right. Then we're going to move on to part two of the story. Because I know there are things you want to know. I do. All right. All right. So the story is Heart and Soul. And last week, if you did not listen, you should go back and listen. Heart and Soul part one. Um, I told about Edward Thompson, his fight with cancer, his family, his... I would call her a fire-breathing mother. Oh, God. Yeah. I went back and, and checked out her Facebook uh, and her social media, and yeah, she's definitely a, a giver, 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 and fighter, 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 fighter. Well, sometimes that's what you need to be. Yep. So, we're going to move on to part two, heart okay. and soul. Some names, some names are recognized everywhere by everybody. Robin Williams, Barack Obama, Mother Teresa, Bill Gates, Harris Hilton. That doesn't mean that these people have or haven't done things that are extraordinary or different or life-changing. It means that their names are very well known. Right. Some people in this world have done things that are extraordinarily and different and life-changing. And very few people know about their names. And when I say life-changing, I don't I don't just mean one or two. I don't even mean one or two hundred. I don't even mean one or two thousand. How about hundreds of thousands? That is amazing. How about millions? Amazing. The kind of change that doesn't come in a box, it doesn't come from a store. The kind of change that reaches deep down into your soul and it grabs you by your emotions and it makes you want to be a better person. I think that these these are the kind of people that everyone should know about. That when you hear of their name, you know of their kindness, their generosity, their selflessness. And today we will learn of such a name. And after researching and writing this story, I feel blessed 
to have learned of this person and have the opportunity to tell you about them. Because even just writing about them makes me view others in an entirely different way. I can give you the basics, okay? But they won't give you a glimpse into Henry's soul. They won't show you what's in his heart. But every story has to have a beginning, and Henry's is no different. So here goes. Henry Landworth and his twin sister Margot were born in Antwerp, Belgium on March 7th, 1927, to clothing salesman Max Landworth and his wife Fanny. Henry and Margot were obviously twins. When Henry was 13, the Nazis forced his family into the Graco ghetto where they shot Max, the father, in front of his family. Oh my God. They dumped him in a mass grave and then oh. dispersed the remaining family to various concentration camps. Henry would see his mother, Fan Fanny Landworth, only once more in his life. He was there, and he watched as she and a thousand other prisoners were loaded onto a ship, which the Nazis then sank when it was on open water. Oh my God! Killing everyone on board. Oh my God! 13. From age 13 to 18, Henry was starved and beaten severely. He was shuttled for five years between Nazi death and labor camps, including Auschwitz, Mothheisen, and Austerwitz. And at the end of World War II, a Nazi soldier marched Henry along with four other people into the woods to execute them. And at the last minute, for some unknown reason, spared their lives, telling young Henry and the others to run. Run and don't look back. And Henry ran. Smart. Henry ran for days. He ran until he collapsed in Czechoslovakia, where a couple found him and cared for him as he fought his way back to the land of the living. God, I just, mm, I've always had such a hard time wrapping my head around the horror of, of the atrocities that occurred during that period yes. in the world. Yes. In 1949, Henry boarded a ship working as a deck laborer until he arrived in New York City. He was unable to speak English. He had a sixth grade education. He had $20 and a copy of the Torah. He was drafted into the service where he served in the Korean War. And when his tour was up, he returned stateside and he chose to study hotel management under the GI Bill while he was working at a night, as a night desk clerk at Manhattan's Wellington Hotel. Now, while he was at the Wellington Hotel, he did every job there was to do in a hotel. Every job. He worked as a maid all the way up to management. He eventually made the move to south, south to Florida where he got a job at the Starlight Hotel in Kissimmee. Now... There is a story circulating that Henry bribed the night accountant with a bottle of whiskey. He wanted to learn that job, too. He wanted to learn everything. Whatever it takes. And in 1954, he was hired to run the President Madison Hotel in Miami Beach, where he again personally performed every job, learning how each one contributed to guest satisfaction. Good. That's good management. As hotel manager, one small act of kindness changed Henry's life forever. Henry loaned his tie to a man who needed it to eat in the restaurant. That man turned out to be B.G. McNabb of General Dynamics, who was responsible for developing the new space program at Cape Canaveral. Now, with no appropriate lodging in the area for personnel, McNabb built a 100-room hotel, and he then hired Henry Landworth to run it. Wow. Henry met the people who worked on Project Mercury, America's first manned space flight program. One of them, John Glenn became Henry's partner in a new Holiday Inn three miles from Walt Disney World. And with success upon success, Henry became one of Florida's most successful hoteliers. Wow. And you think about all the things that could have gone differently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
As Henry prospered, he offered free rooms to the Make-A-Wish Foundation oh, for the okay. seriously ill children and their families. That wasn't quite enough for Henry, though. He needed to do more. He met with the Make-A-Wish founders, and he said, What else can I do? How can I help? He felt that free rooms weren't enough. It was too small. It was too little to make enough of a difference. And the founders told him they needed a place, a place for the children to go to. The story... The story of Give Kids the World begins with a little girl named Amy, a wish, and a man with a heart who never stopped looking for ways to give back. Amy had leukemia and a wish to visit Orlando's theme parks. To facilitate this wish, Henry was asked to provide a complimentary stay for Amy and her family. Okay. Although Henry gladly obliged, the remainder of Amy's travel plans took too long to arrange, and her wish was never granted. Aww. Time simply ran out, and Amy passed away. Because at that time, it could take up to four months to grant a child their wish. Many of these children didn't have four months to wait. Right. And after hearing of this, Henry felt this was unacceptable. They had to do better. They would do better. Henry never wanted another child to have an unfulfilled wish. He called his next project Give Kids the World, because that is just what he intended to do. Provide magical experiences with a vacation that meant the world to children with critical illnesses and their families. So determined to make these trips stress-free, Henry partnered with Disney and others to create the Give the Kids the World Village in 1986. Rather than always seeking out hotel rooms for the families, Henry simply built them an entire village. Wow. He partnered with friends and colleagues in the hospitality and the tourism industries. So critically ill children and their families could be there at the resort within 24 hours of their wish being granted if that was necessary. Amazing. He never wanted another Amy to happen. He started with one small villa, and he built another villa, and another, and another. And every villa that opened up to a new family made him feel better and better. He opened the 35-acre resort in 1989 in Kissimmee, Florida. It now covers 89 acres it now has 166 villas, each of which provide luxury accommodations for up to six people. The children get the main bedroom and the largest bathroom. Aww. <clears throat> the villas come with fully equipped kitchens, high chairs, sleeper sofas, roll-in sinks and showers, jacuzzi tubs. It seems that everyone, everything has been thought of, including bed rails for children that may be in need of them. Every night when the family returns to the villa, after their daily excursions, they will find a gift bag waiting for them, filled with small games, little gifts, and snacks. Wow. Each villa is unique on the outside, being very colorful and decorated in a super fun style. And thousands of volunteers ensure that the child's every need or desire is met. In 1989, Give Kids the World served 329 terminally ill children. They now serve over seven thousand families each and every year wow yeah it's yeah it's um yeah so what is give kids the world besides a miracle whoo it's uh it's a story that needs to be told simply put it's an 89 acre nonprofit storybook resort where children from around the world and their families are treated to a week-long cost-free vacation it is said that half of the children who have their wish granted through the make-a-wish foundation wish to go to give the kids the world. It is a place where families laugh, play, and create priceless memories together, away from appointments, doctors, therapies, 
hospital visits, and medical procedures. It's a place where a family can be a family and possibly as close to normal as they will ever get. It's a magical week of yes, the word yes, where wish kids can experience the simple joys of childhood and families can recapture some of the precious moments that may have been missed due to illness. It's a place to be normal and special and treated like royalty. It's a place for a child to take a vacation, perhaps the last and only vacation they may ever get. So let's take a quick stroll through it, shall we? Wow, yeah. Like, I have this image in my head already, because that's how I my brain works. Yes. But I'm just, wow. Yes. It is an, um, oh, yeah. I, um, there's videos out there of the villas and stuff that family's got, and they're just, they're like, it, there's not even enough words. If there is a medical need, it is met. If there is equipment, it is there. The family doesn't have to haul all of this stuff. It's just, amazing. it is, yeah. all right. The paths are wide and they're easy to traverse. The buildings are colorful and they're fun. They're a little silly, they're whimsical, and there's costume characters in costumes they wander about. It looks and it feels like just fun. The House of Hearts is open and staffed 24 hours a day, and it is truly the heart of guest services. It is where all guests to the village start their adventures, learn their way around, receive their ticket packages, and then they can go there if they have questions or needs that haven't been met. The tiles in the entranceway say welcome in many different languages, and the flags that lead from the House of Hearts onto the Avenue of Angels are representative of the countries of the families currently staying at the village. There are hearts everywhere inside the building, and lots of big poofy clouds painted on the walls and the ceiling. The Castle of Miracles is the village's most iconic venue, and inside you'll find a mysterious forest, a wishing oh. well that burps and boos. <laughs> Rusty, the friendly guard, a magic tree that makes pillows, and more. What? There's a white squirrel inside the castle, and if the children aren't careful, his squirrel friends will steal their warm chocolate chip cookies. Because, yeah, they make cookies and give them to the kids. Okay, but they're not real squirrels, right? The white squirrel is not real. The other squirrels are real. And if you leave your cookie hanging around, sitting around on a ledge or something, you never know, they might steal it. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Just outside the castle is the ever-popular wheelchair-accessible enchanted carousel. What makes the castle so special are the thousands of stars that fill the ceiling and the adjoining star fairy, star tower, sorry. Every wish child gets a star to personalize and is helped by Stellar, the star fairy, who places their stars and invites them back the next day to see them shining above. There are activities here for all age levels, and there are also traveling cookie vendors happy to replace any stolen cookies. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need a cookie. <laughs> the town hall is a 53,000 square foot two-story building covered in chocolate kisses, swirly lollipops, and colorful gumdrops. And inside are various dining options. Nancy's Kitchen, which is provided by Perkins Restaurant. Katie's Kitchen, which is provided by Boston Market. And Mama Mary's Pizzeria. In the mornings and the evenings, dining also takes place in the gingerbread house. And also in the town hall is the peppermint table where once a week, all the princes and princesses can come and have tea with from the various uh, parks yeah, around. Yeah. Oh. Um, and all the food is provided free of charge. None of those places <sighs> get paid. The Hoppening Place is located here where characters from Disney and Orlando come and spend some one-on-one -on -one time up close and personal with the kids. 
Nightly activities are held here. A different activity each night or day. Monday. Monday is hair extravaganza. Halloween with Mayor Clayton, where kids get to dress up in costumes and trick-or-treat every Monday. All those costumes that get donated? Yeah. Oh, my God. Tuesdays are always Mayor Clayton's birthday party, where everybody gets to have a birthday party. Wednesdays are reserved for Village Idol, a talent show of sorts for the kids to show off. <laughs> Thursday, Christmas is always celebrated at the Hoppening Place. Santa shows up, bringing the prerequisite gifts, and everyone is celebrating. Fridays are Once Upon a Village, where all the characters come from all the other parks, interact with the children, and children get to feel normal. Saturday is an actual summer pool party at the pool. Every Saturday they have a pool party. The pool, the pool is very unique. It is all accessible, and the village offers wheelchairs for those who, can't be who can be transferred to one that are water friendly. The pool itself is a zero entry pool, meaning the water, the water gently slopes up to meet the children that cannot use steps. Also wheelchair accessible is the splash pad where the water is tall or short and comes out of colorful flowers or up through the ground. Sunday is celebrated at Matthew's Boundless Playground where the kids get to play the world's largest game of candy. Oh it's literally God. painted on the sidewalks. Oh my. The board is painted on the sidewalk and the kids are the actual game piece. Oh my gosh. The actual characters from the Candyland game come to life on Sundays and spend the day hanging out with the kids. It's a celebration every day. Henry's Starlight Scoops is the place where the whole family can enjoy ice cream morning, noon, or night. Some families have ice cream for breakfast. It's a retro space-themed ice cream parlor named after Henry himself, Henry Landworth. Open from 7.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night. It's the first place to open. It's the last place to close. Julie's Safari Theater is the place where families can sit back with some popcorn and catch a flick together. They show first-run movies here. So, grab your snacks, put on your 3D shades, get ready to enjoy yourself. Amberville is an interactive train station that includes a model railroad, a waterway with remote-controlled boats, train memorabilia, an interactive video arcade, billiards, a little bowling alley, air hockey, and Merlin's Magic Play Space. The walls are filled with fun, colorful art. The model railway is totally interactive, including a working drive-in theater. It was created in its entirety by model train enthusiasts who volunteered their time and resources to make it a reality for the kids. They are all volunteers, and they continue to come in several times a week to maintain and occasionally add new attractions to the railroad town. Aww. Amberville was named after Amber Holman who visited Give Kids the World with her critically ill brother, Travis. Less than a year after visiting, Amber herself was diagnosed with the same disease her brother. Families can take a ride on three wheelchair-accessible attractions just outside Amberville's back door. There's Kelly's Sunny Swing and Lori's Magical Flight, which are both custom-built for and donated to Give Kids the World. Wow. Literally. Literally, instead of your swings, you have places to lock the wheelchairs in. It's like so cool. It's so cool. Totally designed, built, donated. Well, and I'm listening to this, a lot of this sounds very much like, you know, and, um, and part of me kind of hopes that maybe these two have somehow crossed paths. And I did not find to. that. I did not find but that. I'm, but like, we might not know, but behind the scenes, maybe somehow they've crossed paths and they're able to help each other grow to help others. JJ's Express, which is an interactive wheelchair accessible train ride with dinosaurs. That's also located oh right behind there. It's gosh. so cool. You can actually take the whole train ride online. 
Mark's Dino Putt is a seven-hole miniature golf course filled with friendly dinosaurs of all shapes and sizes, a glow-in-the-dark cave, a waterfall, and more. Mark's Dino Putt is named after Mark McConnell, who wasn't afraid of dying from his four-year battle with leukemia. Mark had three wishes. Mark wanted to be a dinosaur. Oh, Mark wanted a million dollars. Okay. Mark never wanted to be forgotten. Now he never will be. Matthew's Boundless Playground. This unique playground brings the beloved children's game Candyland to life and offers fun around every corner for children of all ages, regardless of their physical limitations. Dedicated to Matthew McCohen, an eight-year-old who lost his battle to cancer, Matthew's spirit reflects what Give Kids the World is all about. Matthew spent his short life giving to others as often as he could. The Park of Dreams features an interactive water garden and a wheelchair-accessible pool that we talked about where children of all abilities can experience flowing, jetting, misting water fun. And this is home to Serendipity, which is an 80-foot-long ship complete with a stage for many of the nightly entertainment shows. And if families are looking for a snack, Noah's Nook offers hot dogs, popcorn, ice cream, and more. Lori's Magical Flight, a wheelchair-accessible, butterfly-themed ride designed to accommodate all guests, including those with physical disabilities. It features six hang glider style cars that gently fly in a circle. And each is equipped with pedals that riders use to make the car swoop up and down. Now guests who are unable to pedal have hand cranks. If they want to go up and down, they have hand cranks. Aww. Lori was a wish child back in 2000 and it was her wish after visiting to come back and be a volunteer. She did that in 2009. She attended almost every event every week in all venues within the village. She clocked in over 4,000 volunteer hours. Unfortunately, Lori lost her battle in 2014. Twice a week, <clears throat> Keaton's Corral transforms from a quiet patch of land into the village's very own trail ride. Wish children and their siblings have a chance to saddle up and enjoy a ride upon a mighty pony or a trusty steed. And after their morning ride, each brave buckaroo gets a bandana to commemorate their ride. Keaton's Corral was named for Keaton White, an alumnus wish child who spoke at a conference shortly before he lost his battle to cancer. Keaton said, Give Kids the World was one of the happiest times of my life. I just want to be sure that someday another little boy or girl and their family are loved just as much as me and my family were loved there. Oh, God. The Happy Harbor Fishing Pond. Families get to enjoy a Florida pastime together at this unique sheltered fishing hole. It is especially adapted with a railing that allows wheelchairs to pull up close and get a first-hand look at all the fishing fun. It's a catch-and-release kind of adventure, though, because all of the fish in the pond are friends of Mayor Clayton. That's good. The Enchanted Carousel is always a highlight for families at the village. They can experience this magical wheelchair-accessible ride whenever they like. There are 22 hand-carved animals to choose from. The volunteers are boisterous, and they're excited for all their visitors, and occasionally they get a little crazy. The carousel is believed to be the very first wheelchair-accessible carousel in the United States. Twinkle Hope's Rocking Spa. Visit the spa for colorful hairstyles, nail painting, face painting, and temporary glitter tattoos. All Aww. for free. You just make an appointment ahead of time. Twinkle Hope is a pink, fun-loving pony from My Little Pony who retired from showbiz and she needed a new home. The spa has a photo booth for before and after pictures of the kids. The kids can do an actual photo shoot. Comes with a red carpet and everything. Attached to the spa is the G.I. Joe gym, a place for kids to work out if they want. Not really. <laughs> it's 
for their parents. <laughs> parents can get a workout in while their kids are in the spa. Because so often parents are left behind and forgotten with a critically ill child. So frequently, their wants and needs are secondary or not even met. But not here. The village has really thought of everything. Choo-choo! All aboard! JJ's Express. The wheelchair-accessible train. Circles Amberville Pond. Chugs through a jungle. Goes through a cave. It's fun. It's colorful. And it's super open so kids get the experience without feeling enclosed. The riders go on a journey through the jungle, inside prehistoric caves, and past some very, very important paleontology sites. And JJ stands for Jurassic Jungle. The Memory Market gift shop offers families and volunteers to take a chance, offers families and volunteers the chance to take a little bit of the village home with them. Souvenirs range from village-themed apparel, jewelry, household items, and much more. You can also go online. They have an online store. Oh my which gosh. I've checked out, and it's so freaking reasonable. Oh, my God. Um, in addition, Wish families can borrow a device if they need to take photos or videos of their trip. They Aww. can borrow that for free. And portions, obviously, of this proceeds go back into Kids Kids the World. The Village Chapel is a non-denominational chapel. Families can fulfill any spiritual needs they might have. The four stained glass windows inside the chapel represent love, hope, peace, and faith. The village does, doesn't just have things to do, though. There's a sensory garden that's filled with plants and flowers. It is quiet, it's calming, it's very peaceful. And it leads right into the yard of Mayor Clayton and Miss Mary's house. Aww. The home of Mayor Clayton and his wife, Miss Mary. Families can walk through the garden and enjoy the peaceful fish pond stocked with fish that are large and vibrant color and easy to spot. And then, then there's old Elmer. He's there, too. The village is full of all kinds of fun and magical sounds. Laughter. But you got to tell us what Old Elmer is. Laughter. The cheerful sound of a bird. Friendly hellos. And the snoring of the village's giant slumbering tree, Old Elmer. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to him snore online. It's so funny. I did it. It made me smile. Banyan Park is a 24-villa complex, which includes... Three stories of guest accommodations, a basketball court, um, and it's just the murals painted on the building are just beautiful. They're beautiful. They depict all the different things that are inside the village. Kelly's Sunny Swing is a wheelchair-accessible swing ride that seats nine. It is brightly colored. It is topped with a rainbow and a sun, and the ride is named after a young girl named Kelly who was a visitor to the park. At Give Kids the World, Kelly's days were filled with fun, giggles, and ice cream. The little girl, who had been sick for so long, was now just a kid having the time of her life. And while Kelly is no longer with us, she can be a part of each and every child who visits the park and laughs while riding the swing. So that is going to end part two. Wow. That is, because Henry's story isn't over. That is amazing. Henry's story is far, far from over. Now I need to go online and check out their website. It's, it's an amazing place. It is such an amazing place. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And when I tell you that, you know, it's just one of those stories that make you rethink the way you think about life and people. Right. It is. <clears throat> so, yeah. So make sure you guys come back for part three next week. Oh, my gosh. Their yeah. website is kind of amazing. Like, I just, like, as soon as you click it, there's so many things to see and do on the website and ways that you can help them. Yes, there's so many ways you can help them. Oh, my gosh. And it is run by mostly volunteers. 
just the way it should be. And it just, yeah, we'll cover that too in part three. Wow. It is, yeah. I tried to cover every single bit of this that I could. And then, like I said, Henry's story isn't done. Wow. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to me almost cry. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you. Come back and see us next week. Have an awesome week, guys. Bye. Now, Give Kids the World is the destination for children from around the world with their families. And these children have a critical illness and share one wish, and that's to come experience all the magic that Central Florida has to offer. So we provide accommodations and tickets and attractions and food and beverage and parties and all of that for a complete week's stay for the entire family. Henry Landworth is the founder. He was a hotelier here in the Central Florida area, and he actually owned the very first Holiday Inn right outside of the main gate. It was a Holiday Inn main gate east of, of Disney World. So the wish-granting organizations, when they would identify a child who had a wish to come to Disney, um, they would often call his hotel and say, hey, would you mind putting the family up for free if we make all the other arrangements? And he would always say yes. And then one day, um, he got the call that a reservation was canceled. It was for a little girl named Amy from Virginia. Um, she'd been battling leukemia and time simply ran out. You know, I had a wonderful career at Disney, thought I would never ever leave. And then um, one fateful day, I was asked to be a fourth for a tennis. And um, my partner was Henry Landworth. And I guess you can say the rest was history. When I got here, we only had 32 villas. Fast forward now, we have 166. We had no attractions. The only thing that was here were the 32 villas, the admin building, and we served ice cream out of a caboose. So that'll kind of give you a, a flavor for what it was like. So now when you think about what we have, uh, we have the Castle of Miracles, we have a boundless playground, we have four attractions that are wheelchair accessible, we have an Amberville um, state where it's filled with games for the kids to play, a miniature golf course for the kids, we have a movie theater, we have a town hall building. So I mean it has just grown exponentially and of course the number of volunteers have grown um, and the number of families that we serve. The first year we only served 300 families, this year we'll serve probably 8,400 families. One thing about the village is we want to keep it whimsical because we want to have all the children, you know, that's always the children first. And if you look in the gingerbread house where they have the meals, it's all children-sized seats. Uh, in the villas, the children get the big bedroom with, I mean, and the big bathroom with the big whirlpool and the wheel-in shower. So that's really, if you look for one sustaining theme throughout, it's just what would a child like? Castle Americas, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary of that, believe it or not. We opened that in 1994. Um, beautiful facility. Of course, it was the very first wheelchair accessible carousel, hand-carved wood, so that was very unique about it. And then it was built at a time when there was not a lot of nighttime activity, so it was really the hub of the village. And then someone came up with the idea of putting a gold star on the ceiling of the castle for every child who'd been to the village. And we started it very rudimentary, asked the child to sit down, write their name on a star, we put it in a box, and then we'd have the star fairy come down in the middle of the night and swoop up all the stars and put them on the ceiling. And about a year and a half, two years after we started, um, there was a mother that came down. Well, this was November. 
they were from Chicago, and they had been down on their wish in March of that year. And her little boy Danny had passed away in October, and she flew down from Chicago just to see his star because she said it represented the happiest week of his life. So, of course, we hadn't tracked all the stars at that time, so it took us an hour and a half to find it, but after that day, we now track all the stars. But I think even more significant is the families tell us that they feel often that they're alone, that nobody can really understand what they're going through. Moms will tell me when they walk into that castle and they look up at that ceiling and they see over 100,000 stars, they don't feel alone anymore because they know there's been other families that have dealt with very similar things. Goodness, we simply could not exist without our volunteers. We have about 18,000 active volunteers. They fill nearly 1,800 volunteer shifts each and every week. Every guest comment that we receive just talks about what those volunteers meant. That these families are struggling back at home and they're usually, you know, doctor's appointments and doctor visits and hospital stays. And, and here, what they come to is find that they've got complete strangers who want, are here for no other reason than just to make sure that every answer to every question is yes. How can we serve you? How can we make life easier for you? So ice cream, we'd always served ice cream here. And when we started, it was out of a caboose. It was a literal train caboose that it was served in. And every time we would expand, we'd have to move the caboose. And finally, it became, you know, well, we, there's no other movement. So we um, decided to make a, an ice cream palace. And we would serve ice cream in the evenings. And then one day, I was trying to find a quiet place where there were no phones ringing. I wanted to do some work. And so I went into the ice cream palace. I hear this little tapping on the window. And I turn around, this little boy on tiptoes, he's peeking in. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning. He says, are you open? And I said, well, sure. What do you want? And he said, I want a banana split. And I said, okay. And it's okay with your parents. So brought him in. And I got stuck behind the counter. Once the doors open, an hour and a half later, I'm like serving banana splits and hot fudge sundaes and ice cream cones. And it's just like crazy. So the next day we started serving, starting at 7.30 in the morning until 9.30 at night. And that's been a mainstay of the village ever since. I'd always wanted a way to remember Henry and have his legacy kept alive here at the village. Because there's so many people now that didn't, haven't met Henry, board members and staff. And so we came up with the idea of redoing the ice cream palace because it was one of his favorite things as well. Um, and Henry got his start in the hotel business and he was the general manager of the Starlight Motel on the Space Coast during those pioneering days of space exploration. So all the original astronauts stayed at his hotel. So Henry Starlight Scoops is going to be a phenomenal place that will continue that tradition of always serving ice cream no matter what time of day or night the kids want it. But it will have a lot of history about Henry and his experience. So it'll be have a 30-foot diameter spaceship on top. It's just going to be really cool. It's the first time that Disney Creative and Universal Creative have come together and worked together on a project. And it was, it's just, I mean, to even say that, to get, I mean, it's just amazing. That just never happens. But it's because of their tremendous commitment to the children and the village that they were able to do that. closely aligned with the hospitality industry and of course the theme park industry. And as I like to say when I you know, do presentations and things, we're really all in the same business. We want to create the perfect guest experience for our guests. 
the hospitality and the theme park industry does it because they want their guests to keep coming back time and time again. We have to do it because our guests can't come back. We get one opportunity to do it right. And so what we try to do is because we understand the incredible partnership that we have is how do we then draw them into those fundraising and that's where those things come about. So, you know, I mean, Coasting for Kids is an excellent example where you get the coasting enthusiasts as well as a lot of our families, our alumni families from around the world, they go and they do fundraising for us too because it helps them relive their experiences at the village. So we really just kind of think of those different things. You know, the Disney Ride Challenge is another one where folks come down and try to cram all, I guess it's 46 rides now, um, into one day. And I've done that twice. Um, I've only gotten to 43 or 45 twice. So I'm looking forward to my next opportunity to do it. It's a challenge for sure. So those are the kinds of things. We try to find things that are fun, that are engaging, that are a little bit different than other folks do, um, just to try to bring our corporate partners in as well. You know, we really have three words that sum up how folks can get involved. It's give, serve, or share. Of course, giving of your time or giving your resources, your treasures, you know, go online and make a donation because it, it, it takes about $21 million a year just to operate the village. Um, we're very proud to say that we take um, good care of hearts while we're taking care of business. Seven cents of every dollar goes to administration and overhead and 93 cents of every dollar goes directly to the mission. So when folks give, hopefully they, you know, feel like it's, you know, we're very good stewards of those resources. Um, serving, of course, volunteering, filling 1,800 volunteer shifts a week. We get a lot of local volunteers, but we've got a little you know, church groups that come, youth groups, so you can come in and volunteer for a day or for a week or for whatever. And then the third way is just to share our story. Um, we're probably one of the world's best kept secrets. Not many people have heard about Give Kids the World, so you know, let people know about us and you know, visit our website. And there's always really great opportunities there to learn how to give, serve, or share. We here at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know really appreciate the time you spent with us today. Hopefully you learned something unusual today. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know or at tmsidntk at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at tmsidntk, which are the initials for the title. Suggestions, ideas, comments, corrections, send them our way. We take them all. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, please. Feel free to follow the podcast, leave us a rating and review. That lets us know how we're doing and helps others to find us. This podcast is hosted by a couple of sisters who research, write, and edit their own stories. All other editing and production is done by Mary Swartz, and the original artwork was created by Hannah Green.